Welcome to Span Reads, not your typical rereads podcast, a 17th shard series where we reread the Cosmere and are giant nerds about it. Today we will be talking about Shadows of Self. Joining me is Jess. Hello, I'm Lady Lameness. Ian. Hey, I'm your writer. Rosemary. Hi, I'm Kameth. Ben. Oh, you also know me as Overlord Jeebus. <laughs> and apparently a book as well. <laughs> the personification of Shadows of Self. That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Michelle, or First Rainbow Rose. As a reminder, the spoiler policy for this episode is we will be having spoilers for Mistborn Era 1. Alloy of Law, and Shadows of Self. Uh, today's episode will be about characters and character relationships. So as I mentioned last episode, uh, I kind of forgot how good Marisai's character arc is in this book. And there's just a point where she realizes how much of an issue Wax is. And before that, like she was still kind of wrapped in this bubble of looking... like. She still looks up to him, but not understanding how other people also see him. And there is this fantastic conversation with Aradel about how Wax is perceived by him and kind of the police force and the people who haven't had to deal with, uh, who haven't been nobility. And I have a passage I really want to read. There is a conversation between Marisai and Aradel about whether Aradel is upset with Wax and Marisai is surprised. And the conversation kind of follows the, no, not at all. I'm not upset. And she clicks on to the fact that he kind of is and that it's a practiced answer so that he can still be civil and not cause issues while he is on the job. Could I have the non-practice version? Aradel looked her over. Let's just say that it must be damn nice, Lieutenant, to have other people to clean up your messes for you. He nodded to her, then stalked from the room. Russ, was that how Aradel saw Wixelium? A rogue nobleman accustomed to getting what he wanted? blunt in ways that Aradel could never be. The Constable General wasn't a nobleman and had to worry about funding, politics, the future of his men. Waxilium could just butt in and do what he liked, shooting and letting his status, both as an Alamanta and a Houselord, get him out of trouble. That perspective was eye-opening. Waxilium was a trouble, a worthwhile trouble, as he did get things done, but almost as bad as the problems he solved. And I just love how she has that moment where it clicks, and then she can see it from almost a wider angle, and the issues that she had kind of brushed aside in her mind before suddenly stood out, and just the fact that she says, wow, that was an eye-opener. He is a problem. It's just, I love it. I love that character development uh, for Marisai, and I love the change in the relationship between Marisai and Wax. And as I was saying last episode, how she becomes much more independent from him and goes her own path to do what is ultimately the same thing, but the path she takes is the one that she thinks is what's actually going to help. 
Thank God. I love that so much. It's uh, kind of eye-opening to watch her kind of go, oh, wait. I see him for what he is, but other people don't get this opportunity. And it's almost like a, I have a hero worship, but not quite, because I see the man behind. But other people don't even hero worship him. And it's kind of interesting to see her entire worldview change completely. I do like how this book makes it clear that, that Marisi is shaking off that crush. I mean, she yes. is yes. she's past it, even though they don't really explicitly talk about it too much in this book. It It's obvious. And I've seen some people go, well, that would seem to be resolved way too easily. And I'm just like, no, I, I relate to this really hard because... I mean, when I was in my youthful years, I, I could burn through a crush and then go, why did I have a crush on this person five days later? Uh, I mean, it's just what happens. You you ha get a crush on someone, then you get to know them and you're like, maybe not. <laughs> you know, it it's just the way your emotions work sometimes, especially when you're young and you're still trying to figure out what you want. And there's such an age difference between them as well that I feel like she's noticed that. Like, she kind of seemed to reconcile at the end of the last book that nothing would ever happen, even if she did still have that crush. And I think part of that was the age difference between them, and it was the hero worship that led to her having this crush on him. And I like that this is the direction we went. Because in Alloy, it, the traditional storytelling is like, the main guy and the main girl always end up together yep. and they're not. It's like, they're realizing like, no, they are not a good match. It's like, and Marasi is like coming more into her own. And it, it's, it's a bit like when the, at the point where children realize that their parents are people yeah, and not omnipotent beings uh, that mm. give you food and take care of you all the time. Well, so it it is like a level of maturity that like she was capable of in alloy. Like I don't I don't want to say like she was immature in alloy. It's just like she just hadn't had the opportunity to have this realization yet. Like she needed to be able to get to know him and also get to see other perspectives. Well, and talking about their relationship, I love that because I said that in by the, when I finished book one, I went to Brandon. I was like, OK, so when are they actually going to hook up? Really? No, really. And I remember going into this book knowing that they weren't going to end up together. But I still felt like there was supposed to be like I when you read the first book at the end, you expect them to get together mm. like you expect for him to rebuff her at first. And then eventually admit to his feelings. But by the end of this book, you're like, oh, no, no, I am actually okay with the fact mm -hmm. that that is not going to be a relationship. And Brandon does a really good job of taking you from, because I love romance. It's it's a thing for me. I adore it. I So I was like, okay, I'm still kind of set on this. And by the end of the book, I was like, okay, I'm actually okay with them just being friends and I'm okay with this not being a thing. And I do feel like there are some clues in there on Wax's end as well because there are some points where Wax thinks about how much like Lessie Marisi is and I'm like, oh honey, 
you haven't actually taken the time to really get to know Marisy, if you're thinking that. I mean, especially when you get further into the books and you read more from uh, of Lessie on screen, you're like, they're not really that much alike no. unless you're talking about a woman with a personality and, oh, honey. <laughs> It seems like he's projected Lessie onto mm. Marisai as yes, the first woman that he is happy to really interact with. And so it, it's it's just that other set of clues that tell you that them getting together would not have been healthy in the long run. Speaking of Wax and Marasi, one of the things I do love about the two of them is that conversation that Wax has with Harmony, where they're having this entire discussion about something else and says that at the end goes, oh, by the way, stop trying to get rid of her. I worked really hard to get her into where uh, into position if you keep on trying to shove her away you're gonna cause problems so knock it off <laughs> and then it fun to see her immediate him like actually use that and go eight right i'm supposed to help or i'm supposed to make sure to include her hey marasi do you want to do this thing and she's like wait what <laughs> <laughs> The facial expressions make it there. It's great. I have a quote that I think leads on very well from that. Um, and it's to do with Marasi getting into the position she is and how Wax is related to that. And it's after she has had the revelation about how people see Wax. And I feel like this worked really well to show not only is she at the point where she can see the problems he's causing for other people, but now how he directly impacts her life as well and how that might not actually be a good thing. But it's near the end and it goes, had Aradel given her the job instead of someone like Reddy because she knew Axilium? Did her studies even matter? She settled with her back against the wall waiting for Milan. Russ, did everything always have to be about Waxillium? Of course, thinking that made her feel like a child, jealous that someone else had more blocks than she did. I just don't think she would have thought that earlier in this book or mm -hmm. in the last book. And yeah, I think it also plays well into what Harmony says. It's like, you're causing trouble for where I wanted to get her and I need you to get her where I want. And ha like Marasi noticing that and acknowledging it on her end, that does kind of feel not great that you're not getting to a, a place you want to on your own merits. You're getting there because other people are pushing to get you there instead. And I can totally understand her frustration, but it, and I'm really interested to see what harmony really wants her to be doing in that position as well. Oh, I, I think what Harmony wants her to do is what we see her doing. Like, because Harmony knows the kind of person Marasi is. Can I think of a specific example? No. <laughs> but it's... I can think of one, but it doesn't tell the next book, so I don't think we should talk about it in this episode. Maybe what she's doing at the end with helping with the riots and getting to the rioter and everything with the crowd maybe that to to an extent yes but i i don't think there it's anything specific like i don't think harmony needs her to be in a specific place to do this specific thing it's just like 
he needs her in this position of influence to influence more things. It's like it's it's dominoes. It's like he needs Marasi is is a domino that will set off a chain reaction. How many? Has, who knows how many ever? She has a lot of potential to be the right person in the right place at a lot of different times. Mm-hmm. As long as like she is in that position. I the next relationship that comes to my mind, of course, is Steris and how much I love Steris and I Steris am, is the best. Oh, she is. Well, and. Mm-hmm. First time I read through it, I did not care for her until book three. It wasn't until book three that she really captured my heart. But this time, knowing that I liked her a little bit more, and on top of that, um, I've realized that I'm very likely on the autism spectrum. So being able to read her and understanding her comments about, you know, not getting people and not getting why people do certain things. And it was like, oh, this makes so much sense. And with with her rules of how to interact with society, um, mm-hmm. that is a very autism spectrum thing uh, because the friend who is basically my adopted little sister she has to create these rules of social interaction but she has to build them for each individual person because she has to learn what certain facial expressions mean when it comes from that person what things they say mean and she's constantly putting those pieces together and even so when every once in a while she would have to come to me and say could I just make sure that that James, uh, my husband, is he not? Is he mad at me or not? I'm like, no, he's not. She's like, good, because he's he's so deadpan and quiet. He's a hard person to read. Um, he doesn't emote a lot un- unless he's being sassy. But <laughs> uh, so it can be very difficult for someone on the spectrum to understand. So that the fact that Steris has built the rules of how to interact with society makes a lot of sense. And I think that was what really clued me into her being on the, on the spectrum. Oh, and she, I love her humor. Like hers is my favorite, her and Wayne. I adore the humor and they're two different types, but okay. So this person, if I invite them, would they kill you? Nah, we're fine. What about this person? If I invite them, will they kill you? They're in prison. I don't think you can invite them. Well, who would try to kill you? Wait a second. I'm not paying attention. Are you trying to tell me you want somebody to try and kill me at our wedding? Well, somebody's going to do it. Might as well plan for it. You are trying to plan for somebody killing me at our wedding. Yes? You're trying to plan for the unplannable. <laughs> yes. It is great. Like, like, like Wayne's and uh, trying to be funny. Steris is just being Steris, and she's just fantastic. She just is very funny that that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it, I, it, it's not like a funny ha ha. We're making fun of her way. It's, it's it's like she's just so genuine that you can't help but smile, and it's like, oh, you're amazing. This, this is why she is the series cinnamon roll. What? She is the cinnamon roll of the uh, of the Bisporn Era Two series. She is the one that we love and adore and must protect at all costs. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. 
yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did really like Steris because in in this book, especially on a reread, because when you first read them, she's she's not in Elor like at all. She's in like the very beginning, the very end, and there's, mm. there's not much to her. And then she's in this book a bit more, but still not a huge amount. And then obviously she's in Bands of Morning loads, and you really fall in love with it then. But it's when I was it's on rereading this book that I'm like, the Steris from Bands of the Morning is here. She doesn't have enough time to really show who she is, but like you can clearly tell Brandon had an idea for this character and really had like a strong idea for this character. And it, it worked out really well. And you could tell if she had more screen time, that kind of everyone loves Steris might have come a bit earlier. Yeah. But it, it, we couldn't unfortunately, but you can tell the Steris from Bands of the Morning is is definitely there in Shaz herself. Just <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I definitely started adoring Steris in Shadows. I didn't see enough of her in Alloy to really understand what was going on. But once I once I ID'd her as Autism Spectrum, I'm like, I understand her now. And oh, yes, I love her. She is wonderful. This is amazing. Speaking of Steris and relationships she has with people, the scene at the end when Wax is just... Oh. dead inside for what happened with Lassie and he's thinking about how everyone there is just annoying in a sense and like they're not helping and then they all leave and she just sits with him and it's what he needs and she was able to deduce that when nobody else could and it's just such a great scene to see them actually interacting more, I guess. Well, and it's just such a tender scene of just him just leaning over and just sobbing into her. And you're that's the scene where my heart truly breaks for him. Like on the bridge, you're horrified for him. And you're sad that he's going through this, but there's you're you've still got so much adrenaline, like secondhand adrenaline from the chase through the scene and this and has happened and you know we just found out that the governor has actually been dead for who knows how long and been being impersonated and there's all this going on and wait like there's you go from that to the shock to you're just like wait what and you're sad because it's, it's almost more of a i know i should be sad by this so i am sad by this but it's not until he just leans into steris and starts sobbing that you really feel the like that's when you truly feel sad for him and feel his pain and is in that moment yeah, and, and that's also the moment that I realized that Steris really did genuinely care for him. And it's also the moment where Wax lets down his shields and lets her in. And it it's the moment in my mind where their relationship really kind of starts instead of having this yeah. on paper contract. They are finally starting to integrate together as a couple he stops seeing her like well spoilers next book but at that point is really where he stops seeing her as a contract and starts seeing her as a person, person. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have chills just thinking about this scene. <laughs> yeah, it probably the best scene in the book. And it's such a small in its own one. Way. Really, I agree. I think it's the best scene in the book and it's such a small almost throwaway scene. Yeah, it's it's like how the the emotion that really hits you in writing isn't the sad presentation it's not always the sad thing happening it's sometimes how the characters react yeah to the sad thing happening and that's how that's wax's reaction and it's it's yeah it's the start of that kind of emotional intimacy with Steris instead of just the contract the reactions is what always gets me like there can be a character death and i'm like oh no the character's dead and then character other characters react and i'm like okay now i'm like bawling tears yep yeah, yeah. Yep. Speaking about Steris and her relationship with other people, her and Wax on the other side, or, oh, and Wayne on Wayne. the other side oh. of it. <laughs> I really like this. I like just having two main characters. You've got like four or five main characters now. Two of them just dislike each other completely. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I actually liked that dynamic. It, it threw a wrench in the works. Not everyone's happy to get along. Yeah. Like, I actually initially read it as uh, not a complete hatred. Like it was like sort of friendship, but in the similar way that like Wayne has the friendship with Renette, where it's yes. it's not like friendship, friendship, but they're just like a bit aggressive to each other, and they're talking to people. It's like oh no, they're frenemies. Yeah, frenemies. I thought that they were frenemies, and oh no, they're not frenemies. And then yeah, when Wayne said no, I find you repulsive. Like no, yep. nope, nope. Um, it's interesting though that so there have been some words of Brandon where he said that oh no Wayne would have reacted similarly to any woman that Wax started dating after Lessie but you look at it and you go Brandon have you reread some of this because the way he was pushing Marisy at her at at him he just kept trying to no this is the one you should be dating Mm -hmm. uh, over and over and it's like so it makes me wonder about that wob is and would wayne have acted differently if wax had just started dating marisi off the bat would he have still been as a brat probably less of a brat at least but mm-hmm. it it's curious because i wonder about that de- that dynamic because of what we see on the page versus what brandon tells us i think i will agree with brandon because i think one of the reasons that Wayne like focuses so much on Marasi and start tries to push them together is because she's not Steris. But if it had been Marasi, it's like he would have pushed someone else at him, or just would have been a, an annoying brat to, yeah, to Marasi anyway. Like, Marasi was a good excuse in this yes. case, and I wonder whether Wayne actually thought like he was pushing Marasi towards Wax. But maybe he didn't actually think anything was going to happen, hence why he mm. was happy to be friendly with her, because she'd never get with Wax, actually, but it's kind of fun to try and matchmake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember there's, I think it was actually an alloy, where he has this thought, uh, Wayne's thinking, you know, Lessie was a great girl and all, but Wax was still, had that hollow look to him, and seemed to think that a new love would bring him back to life so and you get that moment of him knowing that wax is still really upset but maybe wayne was more attached to lessie than he wants himself to think yes that is actually leads into the point i was trying to make is that i think 
Wayne's resistance to Wax moving on has more to do with himself than any mm-hmm. woman in particular. Because yeah. it's Lessie wasn't just Wax's basically wife. It's like she was Wayne's older sister, basically. It's like she was important to him as well. And so it's like, I don't think so. He isn't quite ready to move on from Leslie, so he assumes Wax can't be. I think, and, 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 and you know, Palm still had some attachments to them too, because I remember her th- telling Wax that, you know, I just couldn't bring myself to, to kill him when she's mm-hmm. talking about Wayne. That was my big clue of this is actually Leslie. Um, yeah. This is. That that was the because she still had the emotional attachment to Wayne, so she couldn't kill him. I I really like that idea. I hadn't thought about that at all. The way I always saw kind of the way that uh, Wayne pushing Marisize that of Steris was Wayne got to know Steris as that kind of uh, in that role of replacing Lessie. Like um, mm. they were betrothed when like uh, Wax and Steris were betrothed when they met. He got to know Marisai as like a part of their group, as just like a person separate from Wax. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he got to know the person, Marisai, and then he was like, no, actually, yeah, I, this isn't a replacement to Leslie. She's her own person. She's different. And I think she may be, he, she'd be great for uh, Wax. Unlike that Steris who's just trying to get in in where Leslie was. Yeah. And so, and it, because when he, when he does eventually get in, uh, to know Steris, he does warm to her a little bit. I think there's also an aspect of Wayne being jealous of people who may potentially take wax away from him because he is Mm -hmm. devoted to wax and it it's quite the friendship they have and it reminds me of the scene in the bar where he's building the card towers and he always cheats just to see if Wax can pick up on how he's cheating. And it also kind of goes the other way, because later, he uh, there's a Wayne chapter, he's out of Bendeloy, and he thinks, oh, if only Wax was here, because he always carries some on him. And uh, like they are so close, and I feel like part of it is... Wayne is worried that he's going to lose Wax, and particularly with Leslie's death, like Wax is his connection. He doesn't seem to have all that many other really close connections, so if Wax is gone, then what will he do? And Wax left him once yeah, and didn't come back. I think that is a big chunk of why Wayne followed him to Elendil so late. It's like, he'll be back. He's not back. Yeah, he was waiting. He yeah. was waiting right. for what? Now I need an excuse to go follow him. Oh, here it is. Okay, time to go. Oh, I bet you if we were to see that, like those scenes, it would be a he'll be back. He'll miss me. He's not back. He's not coming back for me. How dare he? And it, by the time you hit that scene where he comes back, it wouldn't be a oh here's an excuse. It's a, he can't live without me. He will never figure this out without me. Like, he convinces himself. He convinces himself that he's doing this as a favor. And that's why he's like, okay, I'm gone now. But, like, he pretends like he's going to leave throughout that entire first book. 
and <laughs> happens to just be in the same place each time. Feels like he's waiting for Wax to ask him to stay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Wayne is so good at mental gymnastics that sometimes I think he tricks himself. Yes, um, he does. Oh, 100%. And he, he messes with himself because that whole scene with him and the girl, the, the, the daughter of the man he killed, mm-hmm. is a lot of him focusing on himself and oh, what yeah. he deserves. Mm-hmm. He is punishing himself by making him face her every month, but he's never thinking of her as a separate person and what his presence is doing to her. And the thing of it is, Wax, I feel like, is really close to figuring out why this is a problem. But he doesn't seem to have quite put his finger on it because he's so used to Wayne that he hasn't worked it out. But he's just that that moment of you don't have to do it in person. Like, yeah, I do. And he knows that there's a reason that there's an argument there, but he hasn't found it yet. And all he needed to do was to tell Wayne is, look, how fair is it to her that she has to look at the man who killed her father every month. And I think that Wax could have gotten through to him and, and made him back off. But he... I think if anyone could, it would be Wax. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody else could. I think Marasi could. Marasi oh. could after bludgeoning him for a while. I don't... <laughs> I think that she actually probably... Because Marasi just says it straight. She has a thought. She says it. And Wayne reacts really well to that. Whenever um, Rossi is like, you shouldn't do that. He's like, yeah, I totally should. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, I totally should. Rossi's like, Wayne, shouldn't but, do it. And here's why. And- but Marisi doesn't know that he's doing this. Yeah. So but- she doesn't have the opportunity to call him out. And yeah. all of these things make sense for the characters. I mean, I still adore Wayne, but I also really want someone to smack him upside the head with this. And yeah. I want him to start thinking, you know, playing a part less. And thinking about who he really is more. And he needs to gain that self-awareness in order to hit the next level of character growth. Which, I mean, he does do some growing, especially in bands. But he's missing that piece in order to ascend to the next level of person-dumb. Can we? Can I say that that scene that is both hilarious, like because you don't know what the end point is. Yeah, you just know he's talking about going on a mission, and it's a monthly mission. And Wayne or Wax reacts kind of weird when he's like, "I gotta go." No, you don't. Yes, I do. Oh, you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. I love the scene. But I'm also mad at Wayne for doing what he did. It, it It's funny because I, I enjoy the shenanigans. And I do think it uh, makes a lot of sense for the character. Yeah, like I think it shows so much about who Wayne is in that scene. But I'm exactly the same as you. I just want to scream. It's like, just like dude, can you stop dude, hating yourself for just long about enough. yourself. This is the next book thing, but I totally actually agree with you about uh, Marisai. Because of things that happen in bands. And, oh, God, I love their friendship so much. Uh, speaking about love relationships so much, Wayne and Milan. Oh, uh, yeah. <sighs> she is going to be either the best thing or the worst thing for him, and I can't make up my mind which. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like th- there's not too much of a romance aspect to it in this book. Like, yeah. But it's like... He sees her as like, oh, you could also you can you can shapeshift. Like, 
that's cool. Like, it's just what he can do, but better because yeah, I, she can actually change things. There is definitely some flirting that happens in this book. Oh, big isn't time, this yeah. the book with the discussion of the hat? Or he's like, yeah. Or he, mm-hmm. where they're discussing the best technique. Oh no, your accent needs to have a little bit more of this. Oh area. yeah, that happens as well. Oh yeah, yeah. no, discussion. you're right. I didn't pick up on that. You're pretty good for not being a Condra. It's the hat. You gotta have a good hat. <laughs> and I love that discussion. Not even romance. Not anything else. I just love that discussion and- of a master being excited because you can see he's excited to talk to somebody who gets it. And and I love her revelation of, oh, I get it. You're full of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and It's just great. Their, their dynamic is wonderful. Yeah. We need more scenes with them. Uh, I have just a, a small relationship thing that I noticed. And it's just like a little fun thing. And it's Wax and Lord Harms. Because in the first mm. book, Lord Harms doesn't like Wax. He, he kind of tolerates him a lot of the time, particularly at the beginning. But he doesn't actually seem to be very enthused about him. And then in this book, where Wax turns up to uh, hide him because he thinks that he's being targeted, Lord Harms just like jumps up and is like, where's the bad guy? What can I do? And he's just firstly so into it. But that change in the relationship between them, it was just such a small thing. But I loved it so much. It tells you a lot of what's been going on off screen, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is also amusing to think that Lord Harms is just on a rooftop for the last part of <laughs> like that entire the night. <laughs> yeah, just like chilling <laughs> until he shows back up, and he's like, "Okay, what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, oh, oh! I'm staying. Okay, I can do that. I can yeah. see. I can see right here. Like I have the oh. actual passage from when uh, Wax first like bursts through the windows, and it's just Harms leapt to his feet and rushed over to Wax, holding his gun in two hands. Where are they? Harms exclaimed. We can take them. Ayo, boy, you have a gun. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. After what happened last year, I realized that a man has to be armed. What's the emergency? I'll have your back. (laughs) It's such a turnaround. It's great. It's so great. (laughs) It's so cute. We saw Ten soon again. Oh, Oh, yeah, that was cool. I wanted Ten soon being old and crusty. It was great. I mean, he was old and crusty in era one, too. Yes. But he's just even more so now. He's even so oldier and crustier now. He's just like, no, no, I don't care. No. And he, like, the thing with the the Sunni pups, and he's like, oh, my God, just don't mention them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was great. But everyone loves you. It's like, yeah, but I don't want them to. Go away. (laughs) He's still wearing a dog's body. Mm. The, The thing he said he hated so much in era one and it grew on him or he literally well and doesn't he show at one point morassi asks him or is it wax it's that asks wax. him what were they really like and it's fun to see like his point of view a little bit and just kind of him being able to discuss them and you can really see how much he misses vin um because you can see i I think a lot of the reason why he still walks around in wolfhound bones is is because he never really got to say goodbye to her Mm. uh i mean they never they never connected in hero of ages at all and the wolfhound was his connection 
with her. Oh, now I'm sad that Vin never gets to say goodbye to a dog. <laughs> oh, I know. That would be like sad for Ted soon. I'm glad the camera can't pick up how my eyes are actually kind of watered right now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, we, we see a little bit, like, they go to the Terrace Village at one point, mm. and Wax interacts with his grandmother, Waffendel. Mm-hmm. And it's not a pleasant conversation. It's like, like no. there's definitely some tension there. I don't know how much there is to discuss about that. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot in this book. It, it's more interesting in context with what we know from the next book. Thank you for watching. Uh, you can find us at 17thchart.com for all the news, discussion, theories, and fun you could ever want. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can subscribe on YouTube. And you can also support us on Patreon. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.